0: welcome to the broadcast. I am your host, Maggie Cavanaugh, and I'm here today with Brother in Christ. I've been looking forward to this interview, Mr. Steve Hemphill. Steve, welcome to the broadcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I have been wanting to have you on here for quite a long time. Our mutual friend, Venus Monique, had told me about your ministry. And because I have personally dealt with my own spiritual warfare issues over the years and helped many women over the years overcome strongholds in their life, I was very intrigued. So I, I went to your website. I checked out your stuff, checked out your videos. I knew right away that I wanted to interview you because you were exposing the devices of the enemy. And the Bible tells us not to be deceived about those, you know, things that he'll try to do in our life. And then when I went to NRB, I got to meet you in person. So that was yeah, just no, double great. confirmation. You know, I already <laughs> planned on reaching out to you and then got to meet you. And, and so I am so honored to have you on the show today.
1: Oh, it's an honor for me. It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: Well, there's nothing uh, more important in the season that we live in right now than exposing the lies of the enemy and bringing the truth in with God's word. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, so many people tell me, you know, well, Maggie, I don't understand all that demonic stuff or I don't understand the spiritual realm or I don't understand this or that. And I'm like, it's all throughout the Bible.
1: <laughs> you yes, it Steve- is. I, I think that's one of Satan's big things. Um, um- victories is that he's convinced us that he isn't real or that he only operated in the first century and we sort of ignore it and we've become a punching bag for satan and we think it's the discipline of the holy spirit on our life instead of realizing who the enemy really is and i think spiritual warfare should be a required topic for every christian so we could deal with it better and learn how to pray more effectively
0: Amen. Isn't that the truth? You know, every new believer will ask me, you know, where did I start in the Bible? I said, read the book of John and the book of Ephesians. Those two first, those two. And that you know, in that order, get the love of God and then put your armor on because we are in the battle. You know, we live in a fallen world with broken people. And I firmly believe because of my years in counseling that I believe that the enemy works through broken people so quickly. Uh, and they don't even realize the tactics that he uses to throw out lies to the believer.
1: Yes. And we're all broken in one way or another. And so he learns those avenues and has effective tools against us. And so we've ignored the tools that God's given us. We have many weapons, not just one or two. I'm up to 55 in my list of research and I'm still learning those. But I think that, that the fact that we just, uh, thought he wasn't around hurt us the most.
0: I think you're right. I think there's so many people they 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 just don't even want to acknowledge it or they have this mentality of don't don't talk about it, you know, because it's almost like if you don't talk about it, then it's not real. <laughs>
1: and if I is- ignore them, they'll go away. If I ignore them, they'll go away. And that's not not true at all.
0: Yes, that's not true at all. Why? Well, I'll tell you, I've got some stories over the years of manifestation in people's homes and their lives and their marriages. And it's just been awful. But uh, when I heard your story, I was like, oh, wow. That that was intense. So why don't you tell the viewers and just so you all that are watching know that this is Mr. Steve Hemphill. He has a powerful spiritual warfare ministry, but you are a cons- have a conservative background, right? So yes, did, what, what was your thoughts prior to your experience? What was your thoughts about spiritual warfare?
1: Well, uh, uh, I'll just say this. God sort of drug me kicking and screaming into this arena because I was. I'm the last guy you should be hearing any miracle stories from or any, anything demonic. We never discussed the Holy Spirit when I was growing up. We never discussed uh, uh, demons or spiritual warfare. We barely mentioned Satan. We knew he was an unseen enemy, but uh, we didn't give it any credence. It just That only happened in the first century. And then um, I had a guy come to me who was not a Christian who said he had demons on his property and was getting ready to commit suicide. And I didn't know how to help that. So I was sort of panicking and praying, Lord, tell me what to say. He's not a Christian and he's going to kill himself. And as soon as I prayed, a very strange verse popped in my head from Deuteronomy 6 that says, you're living in a land full of evil. So be sure and put my word on your gates and doorposts. And the Jews took that literally. They didn't say, oh, that's just symbolic. It would be silly if we actually did that. No, they actually did that. They still do it. It's called a mezuzah. By the way, it's not a magic box. It's a symbol of their connection to God. That that yes. God is there. He loves them. He protects them. He protects their home. That's the idea, and they still do that today. So, when that verse popped in my head, and this guy's telling me all the reasons why he has demons on his property. He has voices he's hearing. He's got nightmares, terrible fear, planning his suicide. You know, and all these business problems and financial problems. And it was very obvious that that uh, there was evil active in his life. And so I just started praying what I say. And that when that first popped in my head, I just said, uh, you know, what do I say? Oh, I need to tell him to put Bible verses on 10 stakes. That's just what popped in my head. I said, Bob, don't kill yourself yet. Let's put Bible verses on 10 stakes and put them all the way in the ground on the four corners of your place where this stuff is happening and ask God to make it stop. And we did that and it stopped and he became a Christian. He was baptized the next week. And you know I'm I'm just raised so conservatively that 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 my my concern at this point is how do I write this story and not look weird to my friends, you know? <laughs> and um, my wife's a teacher, and one night the phone rang. She answered it, and it's another teacher. She said, Mary Lynn, is it true Steve's next book is on spiritual warfare?" She said, "Yes. Why?" She said, "I got to talk to him right now. Can I come over?" You know, she's panicking. She'd been on a mission trip with her church overseas, and now for the first time in her life, she was having what she called terrifying demonic nightmares, and I never heard of that, so I asked her to describe that, and she actually, uh, I learned later, Job 4 was almost word for word what she said, Job 4, 13 to 16 says, it came to me in a disturbing vision at night when people are in deep sleep, fear gripped me, and my bones trembled, a spirit swept past my face, my hair stood on the end, that's NLT of Job 4, 13 to 16, that's what she's describing, and I uh, just, I said, well, you know, I'm not an expert, but Bill's going to kill himself. We put Bible verses on 10 stakes. You know, uh, well, we might want to try that. So she did. And it immediately stopped. She lived in an apartment and she just stood him in the four corners, read the verses out loud and prayed for God to make it stop and make that a place of safety for her. She'd been having them every night for six weeks, ever since she'd gotten back from a mission trip. So then she wanted me to stake out her school. It was a public school. And the man who was causing all the problems, a young man in his 30s, had a heart attack and died right after they staked the school and the whole school transformed in a much better place. And, you know, I'm not happy somebody died, but when kids are at risk, God seems to get serious. And he says it better for a millstone to be tied around your neck than to um, lead a little child astray. And, and so that's sort of heartbeats are God's department, but these, these results just kept happening and people would call me and we were so conservative, you know, I'd tell my wife and she'd say, you know uh that's great let's don't tell anybody about this i want people to think you're normal you know and and i was hesitant to share and still it's it's a weird thing because we didn't grow up talking about this and yet god keeps putting you know there's I have thousands of stories now in fact a, a plastic manufacturer called me and offered to spend ten thousand dollars to build a mold so that the verses were built into the plastic with engraving built into the mold And and it just uh, we've ordered one hundred and eight thousand so far. We shipped them all over the world. People email me, call me, text me every day with more stories. So I finally started a podcast. uh, Battle Plan with Steve Hempel. is on all the podcast networks. It's a charisma uh, based. And then it's on iTunes and Audible and Spotify and all those places. And and now there's other things happening. We're working on a video series about uh, Satan's focused on the children and Christian homes. And things we can do to overcome that, working on a book on the spiritual weapons. I'm up to 55. We even have people interested in turning this into a TV show that would be reenactments of these stories. And so I'm, my head is just sort of spinning with what God is doing. That's not me. It's all God. And he gets all the credit.
0: Amen. Amen. Wow. I know that uh, when I first heard a testimony from you, I think it was a testimony of the young man that came over and destroyed your home. Yes. And that was was that after you had got this revelation or before
1: it was it was after and he his uh, mother asked me to talk to him. He was kind of thinking about suicide. He's from a family that was well off. He had a good job. He had a college degree. But but uh, a third Bible study came to my house on a Friday afternoon. It was just me and him. He just got angry and stood up and started throwing things through the windows and flipped a baby grand piano by himself and. I had to walk out the front and call the police, and they came and put him in handcuffs. And I had to call my wife and say, "Honey, the house doesn't look exactly like it did, you know, when you left for school this morning." I had a little problem during the Bible study. He did forty-two thousand dollars damage in three minutes, and uh, you know what? He just wrote a check for the damage. Uh, we didn't even have to file an insurance claim. The the policeman who came uh, ended up uh, being restored to his faith. He had walked away from his faith because I didn't press charges and then we ended up some of the local ministers heard about it. And we ended up staking the city of Longview, 83,000 in our city. And the crime rate was the highest it had ever been. And we staked the city and crime dropped 45% in 18 months after going up for 25 straight years. So, you know, you can't make this stuff up. It's, it's all God and it's only God. His word is still powerful. He's not the great I used to could. He's the, I am because he still does.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so many people think that all of the miraculous things that have happened, you know, they're like, well, that was in the Bible and that's not yeah. now, but God is still on the throne. He is still wanting to move those people. And I think that um, more so here in the U.S. than uh, some other countries, yeah, some other countries are very open to the move of the spirit that they see. Matter of fact, I, I believe demons in the U.S., they just kind of, they hide behind, you know, entertainment or they hide behind. You know, different areas, but in other countries, they're very open.
1: Well, I think Satan works best in each country based on what that culture believes and is willing to accept. And if, yeah. if he started possessing people, if his demons started possessing people in the open and then foaming at the mouth, falling on the ground, we'd all be running to church. That wouldn't work here. But that happens in Africa and South America because they already accept that he's real. So he uses the avenue in each country based on what that culture is willing to accept. And that's that's uh, part of his success. He's adaptable. He's learned to adapt to the different cultures.
0: Yes. Yes. So what are your thoughts whenever it comes to people that are blatantly entertaining satanic things and don't realize it just based on the things that they're doing?
1: Well, you know, that's a great question. Because One of the things I talk about in my seminar, I have a seminar called Demons Versus Prayer. That's The short version is six hours. I'm doing a free version of the extended version on Monday nights right now, just as free Zoom on um you know, uh, available to anybody, no, no charge. We go on Monday nights for an hour, every other Monday. Uh, symbols, symbols let evil into our lives. You yes. know, uh, idols were symbols, but I've also found scripture, and I share these in the seminar. They had pagan earrings, they had magic veils, yeah. and they had wristbands that were honoring other gods. And Ezekiel 14, I think, says it was trapping the souls of the people. And that was a big surprise to me. I knew that if you bowed to an idol, that was bad. But, but then it also says in Colossians 3 that greed is idolatry. And we certainly yes. bow to the mighty dollar and to politics and to fame and fortune here today. So idolatry is alive and well and in many different forms. And then the things that we know that are ungodly, when we make bad choices, it lets evil in. I started to have people tell me that they realized the days they looked at porn were the nights their kids had nightmares. And so they started that was helping them to get off of porn was because they they realized I'm not just hurting myself. I'm letting demons into my family that are giving my kids nightmares. And that was the sort of the straw that broke the camel's back for them to help them to turn away from evil. And so we asked the Holy Spirit to help us with these. That's one of the weapons we have is the Holy Spirit. Help us. There's a verse that talks about the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to avoid the things that you shouldn't do. I never thought about that as a weapon, but it is. It is. Um, you know, communion is a weapon. You yes. know, at the end of the communion uh, um, passage, there it says, "You better focus on what this does, or uh, many of you have are sick, and some have died because you haven't." So that communion and self-evaluation is a weapon against sickness and death, according to that scripture. We've ignored that. I've never heard that verse discussed before a communion service. You know, so. Mm-hmm. It's real. Uh, symbols are letting evil into our homes and we need to clean up our homes, pray and ask God if that should be removed. I got a text one day from a lady in New Jersey. I've never been there. I don't know anybody from New Jersey. I don't know how she got my number. But the text had a small photo of a maybe a 12 inch tall uh, uh, vase It was brown and it had a white symbol design on the front of it. And it was, she said it was from Honduras. She had just Mm -hmm. finished reading my book, What Are the Stakes? And she was worried about the symbol on the front of that vase ever since she finished my book. And she said, is this symbol evil and do I need to destroy this vase? And I texted her immediately back and I said, I don't have a clue. I never saw that symbol before. But you know what? God knows. Just ask God to show you if that's evil and needs to be destroyed. And he's God. He'll figure out a way to let you know and, uh, and honor what you're asking him. About two hours later, I got another text from her and she said, well, you were right. We prayed about it. And, and within 45 minutes of praying, we just prayed and said, God, show us if it's evil. And we'll destroy it if you want us to. Within 45 minutes of praying, let us know. They got a phone call from another couple at church that were good friends of theirs. And they said, hey, we got some friends from out of town. They're here this week. We want to take you. To, would you meet us at the Mexican food place and we'll eat supper together once you meet these friends? Well, sure. So they go meet the friends. Guess where they're from? They're from Honduras. And they said, I just took a picture of this vase from Honduras and just showed her the picture. And they look at the picture and they go, you need to destroy that vase. I hate to tell you this, but the symbol on the front of that vase represents a local demon god needs to be destroyed. Forty five minutes from them praying, show us, Lord, and we'll destroy it. They had their answer. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You just can't.
0: You know, I firmly believe in that when I came into the kingdom, I was so bound up with so much, you know, just demonic stuff that I did a spiritual cleansing of my home. That was the first thing I did. And, you know, I probably threw out a lot of things because I ha- I didn't have the discernment then, you know, because I was a baby Christian. And I probably threw out a lot of things that maybe I didn't have to, but I was not erring on the side of caution whenever it came to that. And you would be amazed over the years. Well, no, you wouldn't be. Maybe some of you watching might be saying, well, that sounds silly. You know, well, just because I've got, you know, this book series or just because I have these movies or just because I have these old magazines from when I was a teen that, had, you know, my rock idols in it and stuff. I had a woman one time, I, probably the biggest uh, testimony that I had of seeing God move through the obedience of a Christian saying, I'm closing the doors to the enemy. There was a woman. She was a musician. She was a percussionist. She had a son um, that I our kids knew each other. And she was having manifestations in her house. And I mean, really bad manifestations, but she lived in like a duplex. Some places they call them doubles where, you know, you share the wall with the neighbor and there were Satanists next door and they were hardcore Satanists. They weren't just that like, you know, do thy own will Satanists, which is their motto. They were like sacrificing occultist stuff, cats out back the whole nine yards. And so she kept blaming it on the occultic neighbors. And I'm going, well, listen, they don't have authority over your home you know yes they're there in proximity but there's got to be something more we went through her house multiple times and every time you know we felt like it was well, she felt like everything was done but i always felt like there was still something there that was allowing this to happen so she calls me over one last time i get over there and there every time i got near her drum set i would always just have a check in my spirit and next to her drum set was a bunch of um a, a basket and i said what's in that basket and she's like well, well, those are my drumsticks. And I was like, well, what, you know, can I see them? And she opened it up. There was tons of drumsticks. She had been a, a groupie. And what she would do is she would have sexual acts with the drummers in these bands. as she bought their drumsticks home as trophies. And they represented her sin. And I was like, yeah. honey, you, you you, probably need to get rid. of i can't do you know that that's so-and-so's and she started naming all some pretty prestigious yeah. rock artists and i'm like well you want to be free or not you know well yeah. she called me back over the next day she's sitting out front on her porch she's got this like congo that she's playing on and she's singing and that and the satan is next door we're trying to have a meeting and people were leaving and fleeing to their cars i said what's going on she's like you got to see this. She said, I got rid of those last night. I broke them. I burn them. I woke up this morning free. I have never felt so alive. And she goes, I've been out here worshiping. And every time someone comes to this house, they have to leave. Like so it turned out a little girl came over. Yeah. Everybody had left except for one person. The girl came over. She was a runaway. She had been living in a homosexual relationship with this this person that was practicing witchcraft. And yeah. she just broke down sobbing and said, You know, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I ran away because my neighbor abused me. I was so full of shame. And she was broken. We we led her back to the Lord. She rededicated her life to the Lord. Yeah. And we put her, we got her mama on the phone and put her on a bus. Now that is just an example of an act of obedience. And so you guys might be thinking, that sounds crazy. No, it's not crazy. The enemy will real. show up as much as we allow him to in our lives. So Steve, with this, um, you know, I've, I've read your books. I've got your books. I'm so blessed um, by the things that you're doing because you are exposing the light of Jesus into this. What do you do with the haters? Because I, you know, we all get haters. People are like, oh, you're focusing more on that than this. How do you handle that?
1: That's a great question. Let me piggyback before I answer that on what you just said. I've had several people live in a duplex with people that were, some of them even put a flag out front, witchcraft flag out front. I've had some lately that sent me a message, said, you know, I lived in a duplex and I wanted to stake my home. Well, how do you stake half a home? So I just went ahead and staked the whole home. Neighbors moved out the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had that kind of thing happen often. There are there are some what I call haters, and I hate to call them haters because God loves us all. Right? And, and yes. most of most of the criticism I get doesn't come from the world, it comes from other Christians mm-hmm. and uh, that have ignored this or said this is stupid or whatever. And and the way I answer that question is look, I don't focus on them. I focus on right. the people who call me crying, saying this brought my daughter out of lesbianism. This brought my husband back, and our relationship, our marriage is restored. This, we were divorced, and we've remarried. I've, I've had those kind of things. That's what I focus on, because there's yeah. always going to be people. There were people that made fun of Jesus through His ministry right. and the disciples. So we should expect that, and it always hurts more when it's some that's supposed to be in our camp, so to speak, believers. But you know, we're all at different levels of maturity, so we just got to forgive those people and. And move on. It's a it's a one day at a time thing. I'm learning things. I would have laughed at this before it started. In fact, ten years ago, I would be scared to be around a person who's telling the stories I'm telling and I lived. Now, you know, I've had some people that are strong Christians hear me tell the story about the guy that attacked me in my living room, and they just shake their hand. They go, "I never heard of that," and they walk away. And then they ban me from their you know, from their lectureship or whatever. That's okay. I don't want to go through a door God doesn't have open ready. Okay. I only want to go through the doors that God opens. You know, I have a sales background. I used to own my own company out of business for almost 30 years before I became an author. And I realized I was pushing doors open. I'd call and say, oh man, this has made such a difference. You know, let me please let me come give my seminar. It, it's helped so many people. And I would push those doors open because I'm in sales. I know how to push doors open. And right. then I started to realize- I don't want to go through the doors. I push open. I want to go through the doors. God has prepared the way and opens for me. So I don't, I don't call people anymore and ask to be, to come speak. I don't say, uh, you know, let me give you this seminar. In fact, even when I go to have a booth at a convention, like NRB, if, if it's quiet, I'm sitting there quietly and there's nothing, nobody to talk to. I just pray. I say, Lord, I'm here. Is there somebody you want me to talk to? If you want to send them over, I'm available. And in two minutes, somebody will show up and they'll go, oh, I'm so glad I found what you're doing. Let me, uh, let me get your book. Let me get some stakes or whatever. It's all about God. It, you don't need my stakes, by the way. You can make your own stakes. These are not magic stakes. They just have right. verses on them and we're claiming the land. Satan has taken the land. It's time we took it back. One house at a time, one church at a time, one city at a time. One yeah. state at a time. We have whole states being staked out now. We have cities much bigger than, than my city of 83,000 staking out and seeing things change. It's an act of faith. It's a, that's yes. why we call the ministry active faith.
0: I love that. And I love the name of that because, you know, faith is action and we have to, you know, we have to take God's word and stand upon it. And I love what you said. That these, that This is not a magic state. The reality is, is y'all, this is like a prophetic act. This is a declaration over your land that this is my home. This is where I reside. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so when we take that position, it takes, you know, we walk in our authority and really, to be honest, that's what we're talking about—the authority of the believer. We don't exactly. realize the power that we have as sanctified, blood-bought, born again believers following Christ. So, so is that something that um, you're seeing people step into understanding their identity in Christ and what He has done for us and what He can do through us? Do you see yes. people becoming more aware?
1: Yes, I do. In fact, one of the things as as I was struggling with this being real or not because because I guess you'd say my faith was so small. God only did that in the first century. God kept bringing to mind and showing me verses that confirmed what was happening. I was seeing this stuff happen, but I was still having trouble believe in it. And one of the things, one of the stories he put in, in my mind is this, the woman with the issue of blood. You know, mm-hmm. she was supposed to be yelling unclean, get back, put your mask on and stay six feet away. Cause I might be contagious. We don't know what's wrong. I've spent all my money and I'm no better so she was actually disobedient to the law the law the their law their religious law by not yelling unclean when she snuck in there to touch the hem of Jesus yeah. garment and by the way there wasn't a verse that said if thou shalt touch the hem of the garment of your favorite rabbi thou shalt be healed there was no That's you know right. she just she decided it would work and she acted on that decision so faith or, or prayer plus action is the key. In fact, I wanted to share a verse. Somebody just pointed this verse out to me. I don't even have it in a presentation yet. It said, this is James 2:21. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. That's what we're seeing is the woman, the issue of blood, if she had decided, you know what? If I touch the hem of the garment, Jesus, I'll be, I'll be healed. But I'm just going to pray harder because prayer is enough. Do you know nowhere in the Bible it says pray harder. It doesn't say that. It's prayer plus action. They marched around Jericho. They held up the staff of, uh, of Moses, but for the Red Sea parting, they held up Moses' arms to beat the Amalekites. It's always prayer plus action. Prayer plus action. Yes. Prayer plus action. And we've ignored that. We think we just need to pray harder. Prayer plus fasting is a weapon, prayer plus oil, prayer plus touch, spoken binding, spoken rebuke, testimony, blood of Jesus. There's all kinds of weapons that were not, impl- were not when people come to me, I've been praying for years, my son, he walked away from the Lord, nothing's happened, I'm giving up on prayer. I said, have you tried prayer plus, plus uh, 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 fasting? And they go, what? <laughs> right. It's a weapon. Prayer plus something is a weapon. That's why this Abraham verse is so critical. That's why the woman decided it would work and acted on her faith. Another a common question I get, and maybe I'm rambling. So stop me if I. No, this up. is good. Keep going. Well, my son or my daughter has walked away, and they won't even let me come to their house. We have no contact with them. How would I stake out their house? What do I do? And I go, well, you know Google Maps, don't you? You know their address, don't you? Go to Google Maps and print out a picture from above of their home tape that picture in the bottom of a box put stakes in the corner of that box and put sticky notes around their house you know symbolically and watch what happens mail them a picture that you know they'll keep a family picture hide verses on the back of the picture before you put the cover on the back and put it back in the frame you know, there's lots of secret ways to put god's word around people i've learned that uh abraham's faith saved lot genesis nineteen twenty nine. And and one of my favorite stories is stakes in the trunk. A, a, A Christian couple had raised their daughter as a Christian. She was active in the youth group. She went to a Christian college. And once she graduated, she says, I'm lesbian. I'm moving in with my girlfriend. I don't want anything to do with you again. I'm not even giving you my new address where I'm moving to. So their only connection with her was that they kept her cell phone and she kept that same number, but she wouldn't answer their phone calls. So they would text her once a week that they loved her and missed her. And they they would help her if she ever wanted to walk away from that life and come back home. Finally, they got to see her a, a little while, and while they were helping her pack to leave, they hid some stakes in her trunk, and she didn't know they were in there, and they, they pulled the carpet up and hid them under there, and put them, you know, they, they'd never find them, and uh, within a week, she called them crying, said she wanted to restore the relationship, and within a month, they're talking on the phone every day, and within six months, she walked away from that lifestyle, uh, left that woman, walked away from a joint bank account, and came home, and now she's I've led a prayer at her wedding. She's married, happily married now to a man. Only God can do this stuff. I was in Plano, Texas the other day, and it was the second time I was at this church. The preacher said, hey, everybody, we got Steve Hempfield back today. Does anybody have a story from the stakes about when he was here last year? And a bunch of hands shot up and he called on the first two. I'll never forget. The first one said, my husband was an alcoholic and he would not quit drinking. And we staked the house and wrote no more alcoholism on the side of the stakes. And he quit. And we are the happiest we've ever been. He's, he's not an alcoholic anymore. And the next one said, my daughter was a lesbian. She'd married her girlfriend and they had an apartment. And she asked me to take care of her dog while they went on a trip. And I hid stakes in her shoes. I asked God, where do I put them? He said, put them in her shoes. She had all these shoes in her closet. She hid the stakes in her shoes. She came home from that trip. She divorced her partner. She's back in church and she's married to a man now. You can't make this stuff up. God's word is still very clear powerful, don't forget it. Prayer still works and he's still on the throne.
0: Amen. So if you guys are wondering what, and I don't have any stakes here with me, Steve, do you have one sitting on your desk you could hold up and oh, show them? I, I just
1: took them? I just came back from a trip, so I don't, yeah. but they're on Amazon. Yes, uh, at, they're, at they're all there, over. called Spiritual Warfare Stakes, and then the website is active-faith.org, and we have them in blue that remind us of heaven, and then Red uh, to remind us of the blood of Jesus and most people mix and match, you know, and you buy bigger quantities on my website, but they're available in four packs and eight packs on Amazon.
0: Yeah. And like we said, y'all, these are not no magic thing. This is just something coming into agreement. And there's great scriptures on there. My husband added some stuff to it. We stood, we, we staked our property. We live in the country uh, and we have, you know, we just want, we have dedicated this land to the Lord. And so we had already prayed over our property when we came, but we had not staked it. And so we did that uh, a while back and we really spent some time in intercession in every area because we believe firmly that faith, Plus action gets results and uh, we have to stand in agreement with what God says. And, um, you know, it's just I, I love the example that you gave of the woman with the issue of blood, because I never really thought about that before. I never really thought about she in her mind thought this is I just got to touch him. If all I can do is touch him. So if God is dealing with you today and you've got some areas in your life and you want some freedom today today, is freedom is for you. And you might be a Christian watching this broadcast, but you're still having some heavy thoughts uh, that are not godly, or you're dealing with some habitual habit or some hurts that you haven't dealt with. I am encouraging you, today is the day of freedom. So I, I very much love, Steve, that you have created resources uh, for the believer so that they can get a better understanding. If you go on his website, literally, there is a take the stake challenge. And um, your, your city, your home, your schools, I mean, why not gather a group and pray? You know, we talk all the time about going and praying over the schools, but this makes a difference. So when I met Steve, he blessed me with some extra stakes and I haven't gotten over to it yet, but I plan on staking. Uh, we've got um, and I, I guess I need to be careful. When I say this um, a, a county over from me. Uh, we've got a jail that I believe is corrupt as all get out. You know, we've had three overdoses there in the last year. There's no outside interaction whatsoever. They don't even have um, anybody there on staff as a, they have someone that's acting as a um, um, spiritual leader, but it's just, it's sad. And so I'm I'm going to go stake the jail. I'm just going to stake we, the jail.
1: We staked our local jail and the jail population dropped by 30% the year we staked wow. it. You know, wow. how many tax dollars did that save? Also, I've got a school in uh, East Tennessee who heard about this. And the uh, one of the local preachers went to a, a, a monthly preacher's luncheon. So he got some of the steaks, went to the luncheon and said, look, here's what these are. Here's here's what you can do. You can put them in the ground around our school. And I just think it'd be a great act if all of us preachers one Saturday would would meet. Or their school was a, it was a smaller place. So they're High school, junior high and elementary were all on one piece of property. So they said, I got us four. If y'all meet me up there next Saturday, you know let's let's stake out our school. Well, then the backstory, the whole backstory came out. The elementary principal of that school had grown up in that city. Her husband had a business in the city. He was well known. She was Teacher of the Year for the state of Tennessee, like two or three times. She then eventually got her principal certificate and became the principal of the elementary school in that district. Well, right before they staked it, a new superintendent had come in. And what the preachers didn't know was the new superintendent had gone to this elementary principal and said, pack your bags because I'm going to replace you. I'm going to bring in principals that do things my way. They already know my system. They'd like to implement all the programs I want to do. So just giving you a fair warning, you're fixing to lose your job. And so. The, the local preachers went up there on Saturday and staked the school within two weeks of them staking the school. Guess who got principal of the year for the whole <laughs> state of Tennessee? That woman. And guess who had to introduce her and talk about what a great teacher she was at the award ceremony? Wow. That superintendent within a month, he was gone. He, he quit. He left. Yeah. You can't make this stuff up. The word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide spirit from soul and able to help us see where the problems really are. I, I will tell you a lot of people, if they stake their home, but they're still looking at porn, all you're doing is stirring up the demons. Right. You gotta live That's by right. God's rules if you want God's protection. You can't live with your boyfriend or girlfriend and expect God to be real excited about protecting you in the night. You're stirring them up if you don't, clean up along with it. I mean, you're making choices every day that's drawing you closer to God or further away. The good news is, seems like the staking reveals the problem. Maybe the wife didn't know the husband was looking at porn or the husband didn't know the wife was looking at porn or some other active drugs or something else. The staking would make, make it be revealed and then you can deal with the problem. Wouldn't you want to deal with it now instead of 10 years from now? Sure. You'd want to get it out in the open. That's what seems to be happening repeatedly. Churches are staking out the building and the givens going up. Uh, I can't make this stuff up. One lady was agoraphobic for 22 years. I said, ma'am, I don't know what that is. I've been stupid longer than 22 years. And she said it was a fear of crowds. She couldn't leave her home and no doctor could help and no medicine could help. They tried everything and they staked her home and she was cured. I mean, how many of our mental health conditions are demonic instead of psychosomatic? I had one young man in the hospital hallucinating, 17-year-old kid in the hospital, diagnosed bipolar, hallucinating and cussing. They staked his hospital room. The next day, he's leading a Bible study for that wing of the hospital. Wow. it in his pocket you know. He, and he taught at Bible camp all summer. He didn't go anywhere. I have a wristband, 1 John 4, 4 on my wristband. He that's in us is greater than he that's in the world. And that's mm-hmm. what we need to be reminded of. And I have the, the same verses from the stakes. And I do have those. Well, I thought I had some cards. Yeah, I got one in my bill for these cards. They have the same verses as the stakes. We call them spiritual warfare cards. They're plastic. And, and they have the verses from the stakes. They're a front and back uh, card. Yes. Put them in your phone case. Put them in your billfold. Put them in your backpack. Put them in the corners of your bedpost. Kids with nightmares? No more nightmares. Oh, you know God's yeah. word will stop nightmares. Don't come from from God. They come from the enemy. And so, right. those are things we've got to you know connect the dots on and realize this is a real war.
0: Well, I tell you, I wish I would have had those stakes back when I became a Christian because I had to play. I played uh, scripture 24 seven in my home. I prayed, you know, and of course I was, a, you know, I was illiterate to what the word of God. And I had a, a radical uh, friend that came by and she texted, well, she called me. No, she beeped me. <laughs> she said this, my beeper went off yeah. and I called her and she says, Hey, I just want to let you know that I just played the blood of Jesus around your property. And I'm like, that sounds spooky, scary. You play <laughs> blood. What are you talking yeah. about? But these stakes are a prophetic act of saying this yeah. is, the land that belongs to the Lord. And we will walk in the fullness and the truth of his word and his word rises above anything else. And uh, we have to stand on that. And, you know, greater is he in us and he that's in the world. And we are dealing with some very difficult things. So Steve, I'm so grateful that you have Thank taken you. a position oh, and oh, yeah. uh, and I agree with you. Those people that say those things, they're not haters. they just don't understand. And yeah. there was a time where I didn't understand spiritual warfare and I allowed the enemy to beat me up, but now yes. I am not, um, you know, deceptive of his devices that he uses and fully aware. And I'm grateful that you are educating people that we can take a stand as Christians and there is something that we can do. So you are writing this book that's got all of these, uh, power tips. So, uh, can you share just a couple of them real quick? I know you mentioned Uh, some prayer. uh, uh, In fact, my my
1: first book was about heaven, it's called um, My Search for the Real Heaven. All these are on Audible and Amazon and and, uh, Kindle and all that. But uh, then uh, my first book on spiritual warfare is on My Search for Prayers Satan Hates. And then I wrote What Are the Stakes? And then I wrote a daily devotional called God's Power for Our Daily Battles. And what I'm working on now is a series of books on the spiritual weapons. And I'm up to about 55, and I'm still, I'm still learning, but I'm, I'm working on the first one of those top 10 or top 12. I'm not sure. The books don't need to be so big; you can't hold them, you know. So I'm trying to share the stories and the verses that go with these, these weapons. Uh, obviously, prayer plus fasting is a weapon. We see prayer plus oil uh, helping in healing. We see prayer plus touch—the one with the issue of blood. We see a, a testimony. And there's two aspects of that. A testimony is a weapon. They overcame by their testimony. First of all, when I tell you my testimony and you tell me yours, we're both encouraged. I'm even re encouraged telling you my own testimony. Sometimes when I tell you my testimony, I'll remember a detail I hadn't thought of before and it's enhanced. And so it's, but also there's the courts in heaven and we're, we're given testimony that Satan's called the adversary. That means, we have an advocate. You know, the Holy Spirit's our advocate. Jesus is advocating for us. He's interceding for us. And so they're speaking for us as our defense attorney. But the the enemy is adversary. He's the accuser. The accuser, that's all. We have to give testimony and testimony is a weapon. So our testimony stands against his and the God is the judge and gonna and, and going to rule in our favor, but if there's something we need to repent of some kind of unrepentant sin we're we're acting like a Christian who smell like a Christian. We look like a Christian, but every night we look at porn or we use drugs or we, we treat our, our family bad. Then those things, Satan's using those to prevent God's blessings and answering of the prayers that we're asked for. So we need to realize it's a testimony that is in front of the courts of heaven. You know, we have three aspects of prayer, God as, as friend, God as father, and then God as the judge. And when you get to the part of God as Judge, we need to give our testimony. Ask for get, repent of those things, so Satan's accusations won't stick because the blood of Jesus, which is another weapon, w- w- cleanses us from those things. And God looks at us like He looks at His own Son. So we're adopted into the royal family. And by mm-hmm. the way, God God is is so powerful. He spoke the world into existence. So our words, as children of God, are also powerful. We can yeah. speak words of power too, like "I forgive you," yes. and "I love you," and. I I want you to be in heaven so I can't endorse the sin that you're participating in. Those are loving things to say, not hateful things to say. So uh, blood of Jesus is a weapon, as you mentioned, maybe one of the strongest ones. I have some great stories about that. In fact, one of them is a young man, a homosexual that walked away from that life once he prayed the blood of Jesus around his life because he started using uh, meth and started to see demons and it terrified him. Um, You know, we have our testimonies. We have the blood of Jesus. We have uh, a spoken truth. It's one thing to know the truth, nothing to pray the truth. A spoken truth is another weapon. We're speaking the truth into a situation. Many people come to me with nightmares and they'll say, well, my boyfriend woke me up and I said, blah, blah, blah. I'm just scared to death. Well, I said, wait a minute, If you're sleeping together and you're not married. Then you're not going by God's rules. Then how can you ask God for protection when you're you're not living by his rules? And they'll say, what do we need to do? And I said, well, you can't have sex every day with somebody you're not married to and make God happy. She'll look to the guy and go move out until we get married. What else I need to do? I mean, people are so hungry for hope. They're ready to do. If I said to them, God said, eat black licorice and stand on your head to be free of this. They would want to do it. So why wouldn't you want to do what he does say to do? Right. So These yeah. things all make a difference. Being in covenant with God is different. You can't be, you can't not be in covenant with God and expect his protection. He protects his covenant people. And you know, uh, Colossians three says baptism is spiritual circumcision. So he still protects, we still have a covenant mark today. It's just an invisible one. Now, theirs wasn't showable. It was on a part of their body, but it was a visible mark. Ours is not visible. Colossians three. So the all these things are weapons. Wish I could, I mean, it takes three hours literally for me to go through all the stories and verses that go with uh, each weapon. But the word of God is powerful and it's sharper than that two-edged sword, and it can free you. And that's what people are looking yes. for is freedom.
0: Amen. And that's what these stakes are about, y'all. It's scripture. It is is coming into agreement with what God says. And it's breaking off the lies of the enemy and closing the doors by taking authority over disobedience and releasing God's hand into your life. It's beautiful, Steve, what you've done. I'm so grateful for the work that you continue to do. Y'all can follow Steve. The website is, for those of you, if you're listening to this on an audible platform, it is active- hyphen faith.org. And I want you to go to that website, check it out. You can get all of his resources there as well as uh, listen to his podcast and it's on all of the podcast platforms. But Steve, if you could leave the audience with a key and you've given us, you've given us a bunch of keys, but uh, if you could leave the audience with a key, what would that be?
1: Oh, that's a great question. And probably a great ending to a fun time with you. (laughs) I would say a key verse would be Luke 10, 19, which Jesus says he gave us all authority over all the power of the enemy. So we have the authority of Jesus in this situation. I would say that authority and faith is the key. Prayer is the vehicle. Mm. Authority and faith is the key. Prayer is the vehicle. We prayer, when we we pray, we partner with God and we do it with authority and faith. If we say, well, I'm gonna pray, but it won't help. Well, then don't pray because it won't help. No. You know, prayer works and you have to believe. So, authority and faith are the keys, and prayer is the vehicle.
0: That's so good. That's so good. Yes, active, faithful prayer of the righteous, the veil of much. So yes, thank you, Steve. I appreciate your time today. For those for those of you that uh, are not familiar with this ministry, please share it with others because there are people that are hopeless and they need they need breakthrough. And uh, you know, sometimes it's like you said, an act of disobedience that invites the enemy in. You know, sex outside of marriage, anything that God says not to do, and what you're doing is disobedience. And it also could be an act of, uh, you know, the daily idols that people deal with and put before God, because anything that you are putting before your relationship with the Lord can be an idol in your life. And you need to get rid of those things, but then take dominion authority over your land, over your family, over this country, because we have been in a world of mess, but God wants to uh, move through the lives of believers. And Steve, I'm just so grateful for you uh, speaking up, even though when it wasn't comfortable, even when you thought that people were going to be like, oh, that's kind of spooky spiritual. <laughs> or even when um even whenever you were, you know, it was fairly new to you and it was unchartered ground for you, you still was obedient to the Lord. So thank you for your yes.
1: Thank you. Thank you. God very bless you,
0: brother. And Me y'all, too. we will see you here next time on Keys to Your Best Life. Have a great day.